0: Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, My name is Fred. I'm the lead pastor here. And really, no matter who you are or where you are, whether you're in person joining us or online, we really are a church for you. And now here we are in 2021. Feels oddly like 2020, doesn't it? It does, but there is a glimmer of hope that wasn't there in 2020. I heard this comedian talk about 2020, and she said to describe 2020 as a train wreck isn't really fair to trains, uh, which I think is, 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 is pretty, pretty appropriate, isn't it? But yet God was still good. In 2020 and 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 we learned from him we learned as a church from him we we learned together from him and I fully expect there will be even more of that in 2021 as we continue to walk with him through uh, whatever is ahead um, <clears throat> speaking of whatever is ahead let me ask you this Did anybody have your plans change in 2020 at all Yeah, we did. And they still continue to change. Um, You know, typically for during Christmas, we go to Stacy's mom and dad's for for Christmas. Uh, the, The food there is always abundant and really good. Uh, particularly on Christmas. Our traditional Christmas meal at their house is, is he will make this standing rib roast to all the vegetarians out there and vegans. I apologize, but, but it is so good. And, and he grills it and it is fantastic. Well, December 23rd, he had open heart surgery, uh, had a triple bypass. So um, we didn't get to go there. For Christmas, So plans uh, changed quite a bit. So let me ask you, did your plans change, particularly even over the holidays? Did, did travel plans uh, change, people you normally see like us you didn't get to see? Kids, maybe you didn't get to play with extended family and cousins like you, you typically do, and students, maybe you didn't get to see your friends uh, like you typically did. Listen, we all had things change, and we all have had things change, didn't we? Perhaps some of you have an empty seat at the table that wasn't there in 2019, and you felt the change very deeply this year. Perhaps some stuff was was postponed or canceled, or there was this lasting difference that you won't feel relief from until heaven. And that's real, and and, and plans change. And to say that plans changing is difficult uh, is an understatement. Sometimes plans changing uh, can be very, very difficult. But what do we do when plans change? Because with all that in mind, here's our question for today. It's this. Is what do you do when God changes your plans? What do you do when when God puts something in front of you that you didn't expect? What do you do when your plans change? Because today we're going to see a group of people whose plans change dramatically. Because today we're going to see the wise men, also known as the magi. And their plans change because they follow a what? A star. They follow a star and their plans change. And it's a star that I believe they were actually taught to look for. And they were taught to follow that star where it led them. But in them, we're going to see two things. One, we're going to see the answer to our question, what do you do when God changes your plans? And two, we're going to see what can hold you up every single time. Because it's the same thing that that gave them a little speed bump in the road. And it's the same thing that can give you a speed bump or even more. It can trip you up. And we're going to be in Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. Um, if you're following along here in person, uh, we do the Bible app, right? Are we still doing the Bible app? Yes, we are. Okay, great. Just I had second. It's, like, it's you know, it's a whole new year. I forgot. Um, uh, and you can follow along in the scriptures there. If you just click under uh, in the Bible app, click under events and Fellowship Ashfield, the scriptures are there for you. Uh, otherwise, just turn on or open your Bible to Matthew chapter 2. And we're in our final week of this Christmas in the City series, where for the previous weeks, we've done the different songs of Christmas that we've seen in the in the Gospels. Uh, in Luke. And, and we've done this rotation, this pulpit rotation, which was really fun. It was great to go worship with other congregations. It was great for y'all to get to hear some of my friends preach, who are incredible preachers and incredible leaders. It was so fun. And this week, um, we're going to not do a song, because I think what these wise men teach us, we need to know, particularly as we enter 2021. Because even though there is hope coming and there is hope here. I mean, we're all on the same page. Change is coming, and change is going to take a while, right? And so what do we do when, when those plans change? Now, when we talk about the wise men, let's, let's be right up clear right up front, there's a whole lot that we don't know about these guys, right? Number one, we're not even sure that they were guys. We're, we can be fairly confident that they were, but we're not sure that they were guys. We know that they weren't kings, like some songs say. Um, but what we're pretty sure that we do know about them is they were from Babylon, this place called Babylon. And here's why I think, and a, and a lot of other commentators think that they have their, their beginnings in Babylon, is because of this Old Testament person named Daniel. Have you heard of Daniel? Daniel in the lion's den is what most people know him for. Well, Daniel Daniel is this, is this faithful follower of God in a very ungodly place. Right? As a matter of fact, Daniel is the example of what it looks like for a godly person to live in an ungodly place. And So, so just as an aside real quick, I know, I know people who are watching this and those of you who are here, like your jobs are all across the board and some of you are working in ungodly places. You have an ungodly boss, you have ungodly co- co-workers. For some of you, work is very difficult. For you, look at Daniel's life. And look at what he did because he is, he is the example of what you're living through right now. That God has provided in the scriptures for us to look at. Because he is a godly person who lived and worked in a very ungodly place. And yet, those ungodly leaders, Nebuchadnezzar was the king then and he was just flat out crazy. But he saw something in Daniel and raised him up to this high and esteemed position. Now, this was before uh, the lions. Um, uh, he was in this esteemed position. As a matter of fact, the king respected Daniel so much that the king did this. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 48, and I think it'll be up on the screens, it says, Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief priest over all the wise men of babylon now daniel was put in charge of this group called wise men and the re- reason i say there's a ho- whole lot unknown about them is because this word wise men is a very unknown word it's not mentioned very much in scripture it's been translated as wise men just cuz when you look at the culture you can you can be pretty sure uh, that that's what they were known for but here's what we see in this text we see that daniel was over them. Daniel taught them. Daniel's job, keep in mind, this, un, this, this, this godly man in an ungodly culture, in an ungodly city with an ungodly ruler, was put over the people who were looked at for the wisdom of the culture. And Daniel, being who Daniel is, taught them what he knew about God, And what he knew about the scriptures. And I think Daniel taught these magi about the history of Israel. He taught them about the scriptures of Israel. He taught them that one day the stars that they studied. Because that's that's a lot of what they did. That one day the stars that they studied would look different. There would be a star there that wasn't there before. And that that star would be there for a purpose. That that star that these wise men who studied the stars would see, this anomaly, would do something. And it would do this. Numbers 24, verse 17 says this. And I believe this is what what Daniel taught them. That a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And I think Daniel told them and Daniel taught them to look for this star because this star would lead them to a scepter. Now, now, if you're listening, kids, if you're listening, this scepter is another word for king, right? Because if you think about, um, uh, okay, well, okay, frozen. Think about Anna, right? When she became queen, she held a scepter for a few minutes before it started freezing in her hand, right? It's this picture of, it's this picture of a ruler. And so Daniel taught these magi, he taught these wise men, he taught them to look for a star that has never been there before. And when they see that star, follow it because it will lead them to a brand new king. And so for generations, because there's hundreds of years between Daniel and Jesus' birth. And so for generations, these wise men taught other wise men what Daniel had taught them. And they taught them generation after generation after generation to look for a star in the sky that would one day show up, and would lead them to a brand new king. A king not only to follow, but, but a king to worship. Well, one night, on probably was a, what was a regular night for these magi, they looked up to the stars and they noticed something that they had never seen before. They noticed a star that was there. A star that wasn't on any of their charts and the star that they knew that, that, that Daniel had taught them to look for for generations and now they see it. And they knew that that star would lead them to a king and in them we see their plans changed that next day, didn't it? Because what was going to be just a regular old Wednesday turned into a road trip. right? To plan on following this star by night. And in them, we see this, because this is is what I want us to get, people. I'm going to give you the, 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 the answer to the question right up front. What do we do when God changes our plans? Well, when God changes our plans, here's what we're going to see. We plan to follow God, because that's what they did. God changed their plans, and they planned on following God. Now, these magi did what they had been taught to do, and they went in search of the star that would lead them to the king. But look at what they do when they find him. And let's also pay attention because they're going to do what we do, what I do, what you do all the time. That, that is a speed bump to following God's plan. And it's a barrier, actually, in many times, depending on how stubborn and hard-headed we are in following God's plan to follow God's plan. Let's look at verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, and we're going to read verse 1 and 2. It says this, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, here's here's what these magi want to do, right? They're, They're looking for this star that points to a king, so that they can worship him. Y'all, which, here's what this means for Daniel. Daniel took this group of wise men centuries ago and opening up the scriptures and opening up every book of wisdom that they had, he showed them how the God of Israel was better and how this coming Messiah is the Messiah that they needed. Because when they looked for this star to lead, for, to, to, to lead them to a king, it wasn't just to honor him as king, but it was to worship him. But here's the deal. They show up and they can't find him, right? They go, to, they, they go to Jerusalem. Now, Bethlehem is about five miles away from Jerusalem, so they were really close, but they show up to Jerusalem looking for this king. Why do they go to Jerusalem? Because it's the biggest city, right? And if you're going to look for a king, where do you go? You go to the biggest city, because that's where kings are, right? If, if you go looking for the president, you go to Washington, D.C. Because chances are that's where government is. That's where he's going to be. That's what these wise men did. They, they went to the biggest city and they have this assumption. Because their assumption is, listen, if there is a new king in town, Herod would know. Right? He's the ruler. He would know who this new king is. People would know who this new king is. So they show up to this big city and start asking the big people in charge, where is this king? But much to their surprise, no one has any idea what they're talking about. No one knows where this king is. And here we can see what can actually stop you from following God's plan. And it's this. It's the assumptions that we make can stop us from following God's plan for us, right? Because their assumption was this king will be in the big city. This king will be known by the big people in the big city. But if you know anything about Jesus, his life proved the big cities and the big people and the big cities and the people with power didn't actually like him very much, right? And, and, and here's why. There's this, there's this confusion around these, these wise men now because they come to seek after something that can't be found by, by, by just anybody. And yet they were taught for hundreds of years to look for this star that would lead them to a king. And they get five miles away. And they start asking the people in charge. And see, here's what assumptions can do. And here's why they can be either a, a speed bump or they can be a wall that stop us from following God's plan. Because assumptions create confusion. Right? Now here's, here's where this hits home. Maybe maybe you, and I know that I think God's going to work like these magi before, where I have a certain set of assumptions that I think God's going to work with, right? That I put God in this box and say, well, if God doesn't act like this, then he can't be God. Listen, God doesn't fit in a box very well. Does he? No. and And when our assumptions put this wall around God, put this box around God, when he breaks through that, a lot of times we're left just confused, right? Where we don't know sometimes who God is or or what he's doing. And maybe for you, when you try and find God, all you get is confusion instead of answers, right? You assume you have the plans right in front of you, right? And then bam, God changes them. And so what you do is you change your assumptions and create a new plan. And guess what? Sometimes that doesn't work either because that plan may not be God's plan for you. And when new plans don't work with a new set of assumptions, all you're left is with confusion. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand here. You can feel free to give me the evangelical grunt. Y'all know what the evangelical grunt is? Mm, Yeah. Anybody ever been confused by what God is asking you to do? Anybody ever been confused in your spiritual life? Well, I've, got, I've got some good news for you because there is hope. And there is hope in what we're going to see. Because what confusion feels like sometimes is that your prayers fall on deaf ears. Right? What confusion feels like sometimes is that God is distant instead of close. Well, well, here's hope. Because when you're confused about God's plans for you, He is certain about His plans for you. God is not confused at all. And he is certain and he is sure about his plans for you. Look at verse three. It says, when all let's see, when when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Now here's here's what's happened. So so these magi show up from this distant land from Babylon, and they say, Hey, where's the new king? We were following. Now these magi, wise men, this group of people, whoever they were, come and they come with this clout of authority, right? Because this whole culture considers them to be wise. And so when they show up and say, hey, we heard there's a new king in the land and we didn't just hear it uh, like on social media, like God said in the stars that there is this new king in the land and we've been waiting for him for hundreds and hundreds of years. Herod heard that and all of a sudden he got afraid and other people in Jerusalem got afraid. Do you know why they got afraid? Because when there's a new king in the land, guess what? It means there's a new power in the land. And the power that they have may no longer be needed. Herod as a king, y'all, let me tell you, being a king is a pretty comfortable place to be. And when you've got your friends around you and you've got power players around you, it's real easy uh, to to get drunk on that power and to think that I can't live without it. And when a new king comes into town, it means that all those people that have power don't have power anymore. And now there's going to be a whole bunch of new people with power. And so there was fear that was scattered because guess what? The life that they had was about to change because a new king was coming. Now, here's what I love about this. If you are one of those who, who feel like God is silent and not listening to your prayers, if you're one of those who, who get confused in your spiritual life, just wondering what in the world God is up to, if you, if, if you feel like you've had a plan and God has changed it, and y'all keep in mind, I was listening to a, a, a podcast uh, by Michael Hyatt. And he was talking about changes that he sees in the professional world and even in the ministry world in 2021. And one of the things that, that he has seen already, and one of the things that he anticipates is 20 to 30 percent of people are going to change their jobs in 2021. And he goes, now these, this, this is your upper tier executive leaders are going to change their jobs because they want to be closer to family now. They've realized they can work from home and do it effectively, so they want to work from home for a company that will let them do that. And he goes, and these people, it was was hilarious. He goes, goes, you need to have your throw-up bucket close to you because these are the people that if they leave, you're going to want to take a few minutes, throw up in the bucket because you don't know what to do if they leave. And he said, plans are changing for everyone. So again, what do we do when God changes our plans? Because if this is you and you're confused about what God is stirring in you, what God is asking you to do, if there's confusion, well, take heart. Because when these magi, where these magi aren't getting an answer and they're still confused, what God is doing is he's working to get them an answer. And so if you're confused about God's plan for you, if you're you're in that 20 to 30 percent that's looking at 2021 and going, man, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be doing at the end of 2021. I don't know what life is going to look like. I, I thought I did. You know, we were talking in, a, in our prayer huddle back there. We've got this calendar of 2020, a year at a glance calendar. It seemed like a brilliant idea to buy that thing in December of 2019. Right? And I don't know. Maybe we may have a ceremony now to, to burn it or something because it is completely blank. Right, and maybe this is you. You had plans, and now those plans are nothing but confusion. Well, God is working to get you an answer just like He did for them, because when you're confused about God's plan, He is working His plan for you, because you just can't see it right now. Because look at this. Look at what Herod does. In verse 4, it says this It says, In assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And so, what He's doing is He pulls together His people who know the scriptures, and he's like, okay, what are these guys talking about? What are these magi talking about? Where is this new king to be born? And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and, uh, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who, shall, who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what, what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I too may come and worship him. Now, I don't think Herod really wanted to worship this king. I think he wanted to know where he was so that he could stay king and deal with that baby. Right? But Herod did something. You know, here's what I love about our God. He used Herod to get these magi right back on track. Because Herod did something God used him to do it. He sends these magi 5 miles down the road to where Jesus is. Cuz look at what happens next in verse 9. It says it says after listening to the king, uh, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came To rest over the place where the child was. And they saw the star and rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So, y'all, here's here's what happened God gave them the answer they were looking for. So, when, when God changes your plans, you plan on following God. God told them, No, 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 you're in the wrong place. He's in Bethlehem. And as soon as they stepped out the door to head to Bethlehem, that star moved and showed them again where to go. And so their plans changed again, and they continued to plan to follow God because that that star showed them where to go, and what this produced in them was great joy. Why? Because confusion turned to clarity. And so if you're confused about God's plan for your life right now, if you're confused about what God wants you to do in 2021, here's what I want you to do. First of all, breathe, because God will show you his plan for you. God delights to turn confusion into clarity. God does not want his people confused. See, God turns confusion into clarity. And to you, if you're tempted to let God's plans pass you by due to confusion, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait because your clarity is coming. Right? God will make his plan. He will make his path before you known. Now, for some of you, and here's the part that's been stirring in my heart. If this is you, I want you to know I have been praying for you and you have a very dear place in my heart right now because for some of you, you have God's answer. You just don't have the faith to follow it. For some of you, you know what your next step is. You're just afraid of what it means if you take it. You're afraid of what it means for income. You're afraid of what it means... Um, um, for for your family, you're afraid of what it means for the for the people that are close to you, you know what God is asking you to do. And you know that it lines up with Scripture, like, like I feel like I need to give these caveats, that, that it, it doesn't go against God's word, it doesn't go against God's character, it is right in line with that, and you know what your next step is, but you're afraid, and you feel confused. Let that confusion, because your confusion can be a signpost to clarity. Your confusion cannot just be from assumptions, like I think it was for the Magi. It can just be out of simple fear. And y'all, the only antidote to fear is faith and to follow God. And so there's, you know, God delights in transforming our confusion into clarity. But here's the, the tough question for you. Will you receive the answer that God gives you? Will you receive the plan that God gives you and walk in it? Because I bet these magi were, were surprised when they got to Bethlehem when they arrived. And I think you're, you might be a little surprised too, actually, because because when I say the word king, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? Do what? Yeah, London, right? Seeing the crown, right? Like like, like you expect royalty, you expect adults, you expect a king and a throne with a scepter. Well, what do they get when they show up? They get a child, yeah. They get a baby. They don't get an adult. So they were surprised. But I I bet you might be a little surprised too because guess what? They don't go to a manger. Look at verse 11. It says, in going into the, what is that word? House. Going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. So, some time has passed. Right? The scene that we have of, of the wise men showing up to the manger with the donkeys and the cows and the, the drum solo, right? When Jesus went to sleep, right? Like, like, like that image that we have isn't a correct image. The wise men didn't show us at this point in Bethlehem. And what's interesting, the word child isn't the word for baby. It's the word used more like a toddler. And so Jesus, there, there, there could be some time that they traveled from Babylon to Bethlehem. It wasn't an overnight trip. It took some time. And when they show up, not only were their assumptions kind of shattered then, But maybe yours were shattered, too, because the picture you had, and I've said this before, like if you want to do the nativity scene right, when you set it up in your house, you put the nativity scene in the living room and put the wise men back in the kitchen, right? Because they're not there yet. But when they show up, they find this child in a simple home. And what we see in them is they receive that as the answer that God gave them. Because you see, God's plan shown to you is God's plan for you. And so if you know what your next step is and you're living in confusion for that, that step that God is asking you to take is the plan that he has for you. And and, and from what I know about God, it is also the plan that he has been working and orchestrating through multiple generations to get you to. Because that's how creative our God is. And these magi didn't get what they expect, but they got exactly what God had planned. Now maybe Jesus is the same way for you, right? Like, like you're watching, you're, you're, you're here, you, you know some things about Christianity, and you know some things about Jesus, but when we talk about Jesus, and, and like when Cam said at the beginning that if the gospel doesn't sound too good to be true, it's probably not the gospel. If that, if that confuses you and you're like, what in the world does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. Because I firmly believe, like I said, I say it quite a bit because I mean it. Because our gospel is good news that sometimes that, that is always too good to be true. Because what it means is that this Jesus that we talk about, this Jesus who was born in a manger and now we see him as a toddler living in a house where these magi show up to him, that this Jesus is the one we worship. Now religion will tell you to be good and not be bad and that is religion. That is not what this is. These magi didn't show up uh, to a simple house for religion. They showed up to worship a person. And you may think Christianity is about being good enough for God to like you or not being bad enough for him to love you and to be with you, but we've got a better answer for you. An answer that's too good to be true because Jesus, that these magi showed up to worship, they are the, this Jesus is the one who lived a perfect life and died the death of a criminal and he paid for something called sin in you and I, which is the stuff that makes us worthy of criminals. Right? He died The death that we deserve so that we can live the life that he did as a reward. We can live this life in perfect union with God as a reward. You see, this is God's plan shown to you. And and if this is your next step of faith is to say yes to that plan and receive Jesus' offer of salvation, then do that today and your confusion can turn into clarity because finally that question is answered. You no longer have to work to make God happy. He is already infinitely happy in Jesus. And when you say yes to him, you get the benefit of all of what Jesus gives. You get this good and right and personal relationship with the God who has always loved you and the God who created you. And so today, maybe you can say yes to him because this is God's plan of salvation for you. Now, many of you in this room have accepted the answer of that gospel. You have said yes to Jesus. And maybe you're still looking for an answer in something else. You're still, you're still letting confusion about God's plan stop you from following God's plan. And what you're doing is you're putting your faith in other things. You're turning to other things. Well, let me assure you the gospel is still your best answer too. That Jesus loved you so much that he died on a cross for you so that you can have a good and right and personal relationship with the God who loves you and the God who made you. Which means that God has already planned out the path before you and you can trust him to take that step. And that God's plan for you is to still trust him in every step in your life with Jesus. Even when you feel like there is no answer, even when confusion is leading the way, even when you believe that God's not with you, take heart because God is with you. Because God is working His plan for your life. And that plan is is seen when you simply trust Him and walk with Him. And then you can be like the Magi who do this. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says this, um, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Now, they worshipped him. Now, something, um, something I didn't tell you about this word, worship, is, is, is where this word in the original language comes from. There's some different uh, words for worship. Uh, but this one, it, it's this fun picture because this word for worship captures What a dog does when it sees its master is this word. Now, let me tell you about about our house, right? Because when I walk in in the evening, um, we we had a cat for a little while. That cat could care less that I walked in the door, right? My kids, they usually don't even notice that I walk in the door. My wife, y'all know I love her. But depending on what she's doing, she doesn't know I've walked in the door. But there is one creature in our house who knows every time that I come in. And when I come in that house, and y'all, I can step outside and to get the mail and step right back inside, and I get the exact same reaction. She comes running like she hasn't seen me in 20 years, like we are long-lost college roommates that are finally reuniting. And, and she starts wagging, and her tail will wag this way, her head will start wagging this way, and her body in the middle starts doing that. Her whole body wags with excitement to see me. That's the picture of worship here, that when these these, these wise men, these magi, see where this star has led them, and they see that, that what they have been taught to look for for generations is finally coming true, they are full of joy. They are full of this, of this like dog-wagging excitement. And so, so when your plans change and you plan to follow God, let me tell you, church, there is a very special worship in that place that doesn't happen in disobedience, that doesn't happen and a lack of faith. When you plan to follow God, there is a very special worship that happens. Let's keep reading. It says, Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed, uh, on their, uh, they departed to their own country by another way. So what happens is they have this joy and this joy turns into these gifts. Gifts of gold, which represents his royalty. Gifts of frankincense, which is often used as worship. Which is why I believe that Daniel taught them that this king was more than a king. This king was a savior because they saw him as king and God. They saw him as not only the the one who had the power, but the one to worship because of of the power that he had. And then they also gave him myrrh, which was often used in burial. And so so I think they even knew of the the, the path that his life was going to take. That he, like the sacrifices of Israel, had to die to atone for sins. And so, so I think that that myrrh foreshadows his death. But here's what I want us to see in these amazing gifts. That these gifts were more than gifts. That these gifts were an offering of worship for them. These gifts were founded in this joy they, they had this, this 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 uncontainable joy that they had their generosity was 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 forged in following God's plan for their life. And so here's the key for us like a godly offering always starts with a godly encounter. Like that special worship that God has for you that is there because, When you take that step of faith, you get to experience God in a new and fresh way. And when you experience God in a new and fresh way, what it causes you to do is to pour out your gifts and talents. To pour out your money into what God is doing. And so, how many of you want to follow God's plan for your life? Again, don't raise your hand, but like, yeah, I would think most of us do then here's what we've got to do. We've got to be willing to do what the Magi did and encounter the God who gives us that plan. We must receive the plan that he gives and worship him in that and worship the one that they worshiped, worship the same Jesus. And so let me ask you, church, where have your plans changed this year? What, What confusion do you have? Because here's what I invite you to do today. I invite you to encounter the God that delights in turning confusion into clarity. I invite you to walk with Jesus. And when you feel, and and I hate to use the word feel because because it can be so ambiguous, but oftentimes following God's plan starts with a hunch. right? And it's a hunch that we search through the scriptures and we make sure that it's not something that goes against God's character and goes against God's work. And then that hunch turns into an idea, and that idea turns into something bigger, and we take that step. Well, I invite you to encounter that God who will lead you, and I invite you to follow Jesus and let him bring that clarity into confusion. Y'all, the Magi followed what they knew to be true, even even to the end of this this chunk of Scripture, because they 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 were told in a dream to go somewhere else. And what did they do? their plans changed, and they followed God. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it's it's my favorite for two reasons. One, because of what it says, and two, because of the warning that's there. And it's this, it's Jeremiah 6.16, and and it's where the Lord is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, and and he's telling the nation how to follow the plan for them. And and, and God says to the prophet, he says this, he says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Now here's, that's what I love about that, that those paths are ancient, right? That God has always asked for his people to trust him and to follow him. But the warning there is the part that I didn't show of that verse is Israel's answer. And if you look at that verse, Jeremiah 6.16, you see this beautiful clarity that God gives. Walk in my path. Ask which way is good and do that. And then it says, and they said no. They said no. Now y'all, I don't know about you, but I've said no too. What if? What if? In 2021, we didn't say no. What if we said, Jesus, where you lead, we will follow. We will do our best. What if we, we, we made the decision to follow him and to trust him and to believe that his way is best? Regardless of what others may tell you, Regardless of the ungodly counsel you get, you can be like Daniel and follow God's counsel and do what he's asking you to do. And your confusion right now might be a place where an ancient path is waiting for you to walk in it and to follow it. Because when you do, there you will find rest. There you will find worship and there you will find joy. There you will find what your soul has been looking for. Let's pray, Jesus. Um, you are such a creative God that 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 you lay so many paths before us in our life, and, and you lovingly uh, ask us to follow you. And there are many times, at least in my life, I know where I I'm, I'm just not sure what step to take. And and in, and in those times, God, you you patiently wait for me. And then there are times, Lord, where I know the path to take, but I'm afraid to do it. And even then, you patiently and lovingly support me. I pray for those listening and those watching that whatever uh, they may be, whether they know the path that's before them and they're afraid to take it, or whether they don't know the path that's before them and they, and they want to know, I pray that, that you would be the God that you are and be good and loving and clear with them. Let them know the path, or let them know that you are worthy to be followed. And that in you there is, there is rest, and there is worship, and there is joy. And in you that there are these ancient paths that are good and right. And Father, may you get the glory as we follow you and as we trust you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.